0: it's a big day it's the day that we actually do uh we break into the dharanas the actual practices we've been leading up to for eight classes um it's and eight is an understatement i think it's just been it's been weeks and weeks of work and uh guess what we're not going to jump right into it we're actually going to build up to it somehow still yeah over the no over the next eight minutes um but the idea is that uh, I wanted to take a moment to look at Paul Repp's introduction to Zen Flesh and Bones. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about what the word dharana means, uh, sort of the in its context, uh, also from Patanjali's perspective. Um, and then after we do look at the first dharana and sit with it, I uh, want to open the door and explain a little bit uh, about like the 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 idea of using multiple translations and sort of how this is actually a text that we will discuss um so so there's a lot to go over but we will guaranteed will have the first diana happen tonight so with that um hopefully everybody's available for uh unmuting occasionally to read that would be awesome and um i wanted to start by looking at paul reps's uh, introduction to the Vijnana by Rava. As you probably know, this is the preferred translation, it, to my understanding, for Babaji and faith. Um, they were dear friends with Paul Reps. Paul Reps is obviously an incredible practitioner, um, but it should be known that Paul Reps uh, studied alongside Lakshmanju on this translation, and so in 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 a way, it's almost like all of these translations are peer. Gr- it's like a group of peers, um, and sort of giving it their look but you know i have a really fond base in my heart for paul reps um so we're going to see how he introduces the sutra uh or introduces the dharanas um and chaitanya i can't help but call on you because yeah he plugged his end flesh and bones in the meditation training this is something he's reading so um if you want to give it's this slide and there'll be one more after it
1: Intro to the Jnana
2: Bhairava by Paul Reps. Can you hear me? Okay. It is an ancient teaching, copied and recopied countless times, and from it, Lakshman Jew has made the beginnings of an English version. I transcribe it 11 more times to get it into the form given here. Shiva first chanted it to his consort Devi in a language of love we have yet to learn. It is about the imminent experience. It presents 112 ways to open the invisible door of consciousness. I see Lakshman Jew give his life
1: to so its practice.
2: Some of the ways may appear redundant, yet each differs from any other. Some may seem simple, yet anyone requires constant dedication even to test it machines, ledgers, dancers, athletes, balance. Just as centering or balance augments various skills, so it may awareness. As an experiment, try standing equally on both feet. Then imagine you are shifting your balance slightly from foot to foot, just as balance centers to you. Thank you,
0: Chaitanya, uh, radiant voice of yours. Well, you know, we're going to do that exercise so everybody can stand up and uh, this little oh, you could do it, but Rep says stand. Okay. If you don't want to stand, definitely don't. Uh, I just try to do what Rep says sometimes. So we're just going to uh, stand equally on both feet. Then start shifting your balance slightly from foot to foot. So this is actually a practice we do seated, Abaya mentioned. Um, Ah, but it feels good to stand, actually. And reps is saying, take your time from going from foot to foot, but notice. It's okay. Just take your time going from foot to foot, but notice. As you become centered on both feet, when both feet are holding up equally, when you're balancing equally on both feet, you yourself become centered. As you center between your feet,
1: you yourself become centered. Excellent.
0: And then we'll come back down to our seat. So sorry if that was, you no, know, a little annoying to get up and down, but we can do it from our seat as we settle. So sit bone to sit bone, take your time getting there, of course. And we do this one a lot together. But as you balance between both sit bones, as you center between your sit bones, you are centered. So reps helps us uh, see in such an incredibly poetic way um, that these physical practices have a, they, they translate to an energetic experience that we're not just balancing on our feet and then all, and then we're just physically balanced, but that there's a, that all the layers come with it, all the layers center with it. So each one of these dharanas, each one of these practices, is sort of just like balancing on two feet, taking your time, and then feeling not just your body center, but you center. Some of the ways may appear redundant, yet each is different from every other one in that it requires constant dedication to even test it. And that's really what this class is for. It's to give us time to dedicate to testing it. Babaji always reminds us that yoga is a scientific uh, undertaking. The original texts of yoga called the Vedas literally translate to meaning the science. And testing a practice is, is how you practice. It's not like not believing in it. It's actually believing in it very deeply. And then just to look back at this other paragraph, uh this one always catches me here uh a language of love we have yet to learn you know interpret that in the way that you would like chanted it to his consort devi in a language of love we have yet to learn you know and babaji talks about bliss when the sutras talk about bliss it's it's always coupled with the statement that it's beyond words you know and um I would imagine that this experience, this 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 conversation and that they're sharing is 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 just like that.
1: Excellent. So any comments or questions there on Paul Rep's introduction to the Vigana Bhairava? Right. So the
0: word Dharna have have raise your hand if you've encountered that in before you know you have a rough idea you might be able to say like i sort of i can i can define it pretty let's hear it. who wants can somebody define it in their own words just for fun don't be shy uh, i see jatila looking at char <laughs> So I don't know if that means Shar is gonna do it or Jatila's trying to get the okay, but go for it, Jatila or Shar.
1: Isn't Dharna doesn't it means concentration in the eight limbs, doesn't it?
0: Wow. Ding ding ding. Yep, that's it. I don't even need to show you guys the next slide. So yeah, constant, it, the direct translation, concentration, dharana, a, a way of concentrating and focusing. And as Jatila said, uh, it, we have seen this a lot in the eight limbs of yoga is presented by Patanjali. It's the sixth limb. So it's, it's up there. It takes a while to work up to this. And I pulled um, that section of the sutras, the yoga sutras out uh, because Patanjali is, uh, he's really good at, um, well, I, I mean, I'm not going to say like, I know what he's good and not good at because he obviously was an advanced practitioner, but from my experience um, he really is able to simplify and, and very clearly these terms in a way that makes it easy to discuss. So let's go ahead and read through how Batanjali describes the word dharna, and then he goes on to talk about the seventh and eighth limbs because they're all sort of related. Um, Gita, would you be available for this one?
1: Oh, yeah. Dharna, or
3: concentration, is the act of fixing the mind on one thing. Here there is a perceived separation between the object and the practitioner. Dhyana or meditation is when the focus of dharana becomes steady uninterrupted flow of attention. Here the separation between the practitioner and the object dissolves.
0: All right, one more page.
3: Samadhi is when in the practice of dhyana Both the practitioner and the object of focus dissolve into the self. Then there is no such thing as a practitioner or object, only absorption in the self. These three limbs are grouped together because the difference between them is very slight. They may not all happen in a clear sequence and they may intermingle. Together they compromise
1: a practice called sanyama or integration. Excellent. Thanks, Gita.
0: So we see a very familiar path where dharana is going to give us a horizontal object to focus, right? Something that we can, the act of fixing the mind on one thing. And interestingly enough, when you have this object you're focusing on, you might not realize it, but there's an implied separation between you and this object. You are focusing on this thing in front of you or this practice that you're, you're working with. Um, and so there is a separation. There is a a difference. Now, what do we see in the preface all the time? That the state we're seeking is a state of non-difference, right? That's the ultimate state, a state of non-difference. So this is not where we stop, but it is where we st- Start And so dhyana meditation, as Patanjali puts it, is when that focus on this practice is uninterrupted, it becomes a flow of awareness. And here's where the separation begins to blur. For example, if you repeat a mantra, you know, um, enough times, um, Babaji says that the mantra starts almost repeating itself. That there doesn't appear to be this external thing, this mantra that you are saying, because you're different than the mantra, but that it seems to accumulate its own energy. Um, and so that is uh, continuing us on that path. And then eventually this concept of samadhi is when there is no uh, difference whatsoever between the practice that you're doing and yourself. Um, and so that would obvi- that would be a state of being. That would be a state that is beyond words. And it would be an actual, the state of undifferentiated awareness, like we see uh, in the preface a lot, the Vigyanabharabha. And then Patanjali wraps this concept up by saying, these three concepts, hey Rhea, these three concepts are, they intermingle. Um, it's not really clear when one thing happens in another. And you could have, you could be sitting there doing mantra and it starts flowing and then suddenly a thought comes up and it gets clunky again and you you know you're having you know it does it's not a linear approach they intermingle they overlap but just knowing that they um all exist can sometimes help us uh put one foot in front of the other in our practice to just sort of have a sense of where we're going and so of course this is has been really the focal point of the entire preface of shiva trying to say hey techniques are just the doorway they're not the destination we need them we need a technique to calm our mind we need a technique to help us sort of like feel like we're making progress but it would be a shame to stop there right so so the very the word iron itself implies uh, a practice but it also implies this concept of going beyond the technique Cool. Any questions popping
1: up for anyone? All right.
0: So we are going to move into the uh, the Dharanas. They they start with a little um, something from Shakti, from Devi. And then there's a reply from Shiva, which is the actual practice that we're going to do together for a little while, and then we'll talk a little more about it. Marcella, do you want to read this next
1: slide for us?
4: Davy says, oh Shiva, what is your reality? What is this wonder-filled universe? What constitutes seed? Who centers the universal wheel? What is this life beyond form pervading forms? How may we enter it fully above space and time, names and descriptions? Let my doubts be cleared.
0: Excellent. And then you can read for us uh, Shiva's reply, which is the first dharana.
1: Shiva replies,
4: Devi, though already enlightened, has asked the foregoing questions so others through the universe might receive Shiva's instructions. Now follow Shiva's reply, giving the 112 ways. One, radiant one, this experience may dawn between two breaths, after breath comes in or down, and just before turning up,
1: out. The beneficence. Thanks, Marcella. So let's sit with this for a moment. Mm -hmm.
0: Radiant one. This experience may dawn. Remember that word dawn. It takes practice for something to dawn. Between two breaths. After the breath comes in, as it goes down. And just before turning up and going out. So feel that downward path of the
1: inhale. And then feel the turn and the exhale travels up and out.
0: To my understanding, Paul Repp's translation seems to be emphasizing the point that's in the heart. He says, after the breath comes in, down. So after that inhale and going in and down, that would land you in the heart. And just before turning up, out would still
1: be in the heart.
0: So you're allowing your awareness to center in the heart as you feel the inhale coming down. And the exhale
1: going out. As we
0: will see later in the interpretations of this dharana, it is the pulsation
1: of the breath that we're really trying to feel. Having the focal point of the heart allows your awareness to settle.
0: And you can feel the inhale coming in and down. The exhale going up and out. And you can look at it from this vantage
1: point, from this single point.
0: And the singular experience we're given through Rep's translation is that of beneficence. Beneficence.
1: State of nourishment, of benefiting endlessly. Allow yourself to
0: feel and focus on the movement of the breath to feel both aspects, the inhale and the exhale, occurring around this center point of the heart.
1: Allow them to come and go while you remain in this point between them. For this
0: last moment, let yourself focus on this word again, beneficence, to feel yourself benefiting endlessly and
1: infinitely from this practice. can allow the spine to move a little bit, shoulders and neck, roll with you.
0: And let's take two minutes to just reflect on your initial experience of the first dharana. And of course, there's more to discuss, but be with it you know, trust your experience and let yourself write about it for just a couple minutes.
1: About 30 seconds. And if you can, finishing your thought.
0: So I've done plenty of talking up to this point. I'd love to hear from any of you on your initial reflections. Doesn't have to be profound. Could just be like, where did that land for you? And uh, and we just take it from there. Anyone in here? I can put the mic on in here. Otherwise, un- feel free to unmute.
1: Sure. As I see a hand from Bob. Yeah. Um, having practice hamsa for a long time. Uh, I told myself, the pauses in the breath sneak up on you. Merely stopping the breath with your will is not the same thing. The surprise Mm -hmm. of recognizing the stillness is the door to joy. That last sentence is the door. The surprise of recognizing The surprise of recognizing the stillness is the door to joy. Oh, wow. Thanks, Bob.
0: Yeah, I really, I agree. I feel like there is a element to this practice of surprise and of trying to let something happen to you or come to you. That really like you put it so well is is the fun part you know the door to joy it's like the thing that um really makes it it feels like it's really alive it's happening so, so thank you for that that was really sweet
1: anyone else want to chime in on their initial reflections on the first dharana Sure, Gita. Well, uh, mine
3: was uh, somewhat similar to Bob's in that I had to, uh, um, at the start, my mind was too involved. I kept waiting to feel beneficence rather than to relax and let it mm-hmm. sneak up and surprise me. Mm-hmm. Um, once I started to relax, it, it, the whole thing changed, but... For me, it really showed the pattern of my habits of overthinking.
1: Mm. Thanks, Gita.
0: Yeah, I can really feel the difference, you know, in just the idea of, like, pursuing the word beneficence uh, and then the the feeling of, like, well, what would that feel like? What does beneficence feel like? And it's just sort of allowing it to sort of bubble up as an experience. Hmm. Yeah, and I think that's also referencing Paul Repp's note at the beginning that it takes diligent practice to even test these, because obviously two, five minutes isn't a lot, but it just shows you how many layers there are to these experiences. Yogita, yeah.
3: I don't know why we call it watching the breath because it's feeling the breath. And it's not just feeling the breath in your nose and eye chakra and heart, but it's feeling in your whole body. And, and, and you feel it going in and out. And <laughs> I really, I just came from the beach and I, it's like waves. The breath is like waves washing over you, bringing in the new energy and taking out the old. I, don't know, I, I just get awesome. I really get into this feeling, the breath and hearing, feeling and hearing.
0: excellent. yeah, you I, I I could not agree with you more. I could not agree with you more. I feel like you really um, articulated that perfectly the watching is uh does almost bring us up into our eyes up into our head up into our thoughts whereas feeling almost always brings us down into our body and you know closer to our heart and just out of our thoughts a little bit and even hearing even though it's up here you know when you're listening you're in a real receptive state you you don't want to project you want to receive and so hearing and feeling the breath I think are really productive terms uh, for meditating on the breath. So thank you. I'll probably start using those terms. It's yeah, you know, I think you're just spot on.
1: Well, thanks.
0: That was, you know, we're just tapping into it. We're gonna sit with that again later. Um, I wanted to just break in to the dharnas and sort of break the ice. But I will say even uh, for the next, you know, few minutes uh, before we go back in to our practice, you know, let this be an experience of like, what does it feel like to try to keep that awareness in the heart and to allow the breath flow and to make this experience that we're having right now more beneficial to you. How to make any experience more beneficial would be this point. So when we initially decided to do the Vigyanabhairava text, I was like excited and simultaneously confused as how to have a class on uh, one sentence at a time. Um, And I'm sure we can, and we will continue to use Paul Rep's translations, which are very concise, realizing, that there are Jai Deva Singh and Swami Lakshman Jew, who again reps you know worked with uh, on his translations, um, have uh, translated it, I don't know how to put it. it's I would not use the word thorough because reps is perfectly thorough. but it there's just a lot of um, subtleties that can be derived out of each Dharna, and this first one is a great example.. Um, So we're going to look at Deva Singh's translation, and he does it very much word for word. And so that actually gives you a chance to see, like, if this uh, was not maybe distilled down, like, what might it look like? Um, Swami Lakshmanju uh, also works with that sort of larger translation of each dharana, but then he has more of a discussion about the Dharna. And so between the three of them, we have this incredible compilation of resources. One, Chai Deva Singh, very exact, precise, defining, Swami Lakshmanju, conversational, putting the concepts a little bit more, you know, helping us picture it, and then reps really giving you that concise gem that you can really meditate with, you know, uh, and, and and keep in your pocket. Or in your heart, you know, throughout the day and in your practice. So, it's a trifecta that really uh, looks like the between the three of them, we have this incredible path forward. So, I wanted to just, uh, I guess I, I'll say it again, break the ice again, and just look at this same darana uh, as translated by Jai Singh, and we're gonna, you're gonna see like, ooh, that is, uh, is that the same dharana? Um, it, and it is. Each one is best. Um, Jaya, are you in a position to read? I know sometimes it's a quiet hour. at your place. Thanks. Um, just... Okay, here we go. So it's long. Take your time with it. This is, this is Dharana 1.
5: Tara Devi, or Highest Shakti, who is of the nature of Vizarga. Vizar- goes on ceaselessly, expressing herself upward, urtave, from the center of the body to dvasanta, or a distance of 12 fingers in the form of exhalation, prana. And downward, adha, from dvadasanta to the center of the body in the form of inhalation, jiva or apana. By steady fixation of the mind, Paranat, at the two places of their origin, the center of the body, in the case of prana, and the shanta in the case of the apana, there is the situation of plentitude, paritashtiti, which is the state of Parashakti, or nature of virava.
0: Excellent job. I know that was a lot. Thank you so much. That was great. So we can see simultaneously how valuable Reps translation is and how valuable this translation is. They both have incredible benefits. Um, we're going to go through this little by little, and I'm not going to rush it. We're not gonna try to get through anything tonight. We're just gonna sort of chip away and just stop where we stop. And there's so much more to come. Um, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna just start sort of the conversation, looking at some of these this longer interpretation. Um, so let's look at this uh, and break it down a little bit. Para Devi or Highest Shakti. It says who is of the nature of visarga. Pause. What's visarga? Right? Uh, we're gonna talk about that, but just curious. Anyone who doesn't live in India know what visarga means? Okay, cool. Um, I don't want to put you on the spot, Chaitanya. If you know what it means, cool. I, I I don't know if it's a if it's a Sanskrit thing only or if it's also in Hindi. I don't know, but you can make. Raise your hand if you want to explain it. Otherwise, we'll 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 look at it together. Okay. All right. So Visarga, y'all know this concept better than you think. So there's Om Namah. Oh yeah, I'll bring it up. Sorry, I have to constantly do things for people in the room and people online. So give me one sec. This is the the Devanagari for Om Namah Shivaya. Om. Nama Shivaya.
1: The sarga is right here. It's these two dots, this this colon, so to speak. Um, And this,
0: when you say namah, is that breath, namah, or sometimes namaha. Uh, And it's after uh, many different vowels in sanskrit Um, though i do my best to study as we go and you know pronunciation and everything for years i'm no scholar but you know we know these kinds of terms namah shivaya so it's this breath so this breath here um is 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 somehow related to shakti according to the text somehow understanding this Colon is actually going to give us a a, a, a glimpse, help us understand uh, sh- what Shakti is and how it relates to us in our true nature. Well, there's two dots. The top dot uh, is meant to represent where the um the sort of finishing point of your exhalation, and the bottom dot is sort of meant to represent the finishing point of your inhalation. And we see this over here in the text when it says uh, the nature of this sarga goes on ceaselessly expressing yourself upward from the center of the body to Dwarashanta, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, a distance of 12 fingers from the tip of the nose in the form of the exhale. So this is pretty fun. 12 fingers, two at a time. Bring them up to your nose. Make sure you're going at the angle of your nose and not straight out at the angle of your nose. And so you got two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, 10, 12. And then just put your finger right there. Actually, you can put your whole palm right there. Breathe with a little bit of force. And you should, you can probably feel your breath, I would think. Now, i are not supposed to breathe with force per se, but this is just supposed to say that this is the finishing point of your exhale. It's like an imaginary point here. And if you breathe lightly after you've felt it a couple of times, you can
1: still feel it. Sort of notice where this
0: point is. It's actually sort of right in front of your, your heart. So it's almost like, and now, so this is the external, the finishing point of our exhale. And the finishing point of our inhales is just inside at that same point. And so Swami Muktananda says we have this sort of internal and external
1: heart with these two points.
0: And so those two points there, if I was an animator, it'd be like, These two points, and it would just float up and float right into that image, are what we're talking about with the Visarga Om Namah Shivaya. Those two points really represent the path of internal, inside, outside, inside, outside, inside, outside. These two Shiva and Shakti points were constantly being there's a constant pulsation between that creates all of manifestation.
1: you breathing in and out is why you're alive and as far
0: as i can understand it in the yogic tradition that pulsation that we call the breath is why why everything even exists that manifestation uh, pulses in a way called that we describe as spanda this pulsation of experience is really the reality that we're trying to describe. And so we've got these two points and the two points seem like, Oh, these are the, these are two important points, but it's not actually about the two points. It's about the pulsation of the breath between them. And so when we hold our awareness in the heart and you feel the breath come and go, You're able to identify your awareness, not just with this one physical point of the heart, but with the pulsation of life, which seems to revolve around it.
1: So the visarga
0: is the nature of shakti. So life, manifestation, shakti is expressing itself in the same manner as this visarga. Sanskrit's so amazing. It it literally, philosophy is integrated into the way they write and speak about what they're talking about. So we are going to pause at that point, and now we're going to sit with that. But this is sort of a glimpse of some of the benefits of working with the more, what would you say, elaborate interpretations? I don't know. Um, but there's, it's just there's a lot of benefit. It just sort of unfolds. Any questions or comments before we meditate together?
1: Question here.
0: You can just turn that on and talk.
4: Question slash comment. Um, in the last paragraph it's and and i'm i'm not sure so correct me if i'm wrong it seems like it's telling you to focus on the center of the body in the case of prana and wait wait scroll back up um and that was the exhalation so it's saying when you exhale focus inside at the heart and then the reverse it says for apana which is the inhale to focus
0: can you just read the part you're talking about just read it like but I'm, literally
4: oh well i can so I know where you're at the the last paragraph
0: down here by like, fixation it what mind, surprised
4: me okay. is that it was the reverse of what i would have thought do you know what i'm talking about
0: yeah the exhale is associated with this point or
4: no 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 that's what i thought based on the beginning but it's saying the opposite in the last paragraph, if I'm understanding correctly, because it, it's saying focus on the center of the body, focus on the inside in the case of prana, which was the exhalation. Mm. So it's the reverse center
0: of the body in the case of prana in the form of the exhalation prana.
4: And then focus on the dwadashanta Shanta, which was the 12 fingers thing. In the case of apana, which was the yeah, ennia. that is a
0: little opposite so, of But it's
4: really like cool because we work yeah. with backwards breathing a lot. Yeah. But I just uh, was surprised that that's what it was yeah. telling us. Yeah, and I wanted to hear your comments on that.
0: Well, I in working with this, I have really tried to respect what I feel like I've been given numerous times by babaji in the in the form of like a breath meditation where I found myself like going in and out to this point. And I feel like I'm like, have I ever heard Babaji teach me to exhale and and, and let my awareness go out totally? Yeah, yeah, right. And inhale, focus out here though. So yeah, so I guess from then, then when I looked at the reps translation and it seemed like he was, consistently bringing the awareness, like you said, bringing the awareness to the end of the inhale and to the, be, to the moment before the exhale. So I was like, oh, he wants me to be in the heart the whole time. Uh, so I allow, but you should experiment, right? It wasn't that the word in the text? These practices are for each of us. Like all I'm doing is a little bit of extra groundwork. You know, I think it should be there, you know, you should... We're, look, you see the text there. That's the real text as translated. You know, it's coming from a good source. And if that's what comes through to you, do it and make, you know, feel how it works. Because we all sort of know we have a baseline, you know, like we have a teacher and we have teaching. So we know what we're going for. So if it helps you go inside, then that's it. But thanks. You know, having looked at that, I was like, oh, yeah. They, they get confusing. I see a question from Chaitanya.
2: Yeah, I think uh, the emphasis from Paul Rex's interpretation and in this one seems to be at the, as Babaji says, at the turning point where the breath finishes and restarts, whether inhalation or exhalation. But it's a very technical, I think, interpretation that we just see here from. Jayadeva singh where the effect of apana is a downward force in the body and the effect of prana is an uplifting force in the body the apana vayu, as they say is something that tends to push down maybe that's the interpretation that is being worked with here
1: just a thought i'm not sure I I
0: I am enjoying the whole conversation yeah what I think is really fun in that moment is just the highlight the moment of saying like oh there's a there's a direction of 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 force as you put it between the two parts of the breath and that they do flow differently um And to just feel the whole pathway of that force, you know, where does it start? Where does it end? We take it for granted. But when you were speaking, and I was breathing with it, I was like, well, this is really enjoyable to just be able to feel almost like the breath for the first time.
1: And that downward force of the inhale.
0: And then we know that there's this tendency to become externalized by the exhale. And so as Abhay was saying, the focal point of of keeping your attention in the heart as you exhale. So in a way, you can see both of these forces. The inhale has this, though it may begin down here at the dvara, outside of us, shanta. It has an downward and inward force. And then the exhale, as the Jai Deva Singh interpretation is saying very literally, though it may be going out, we keep our focus focus here in the heart and sort of feel it go out. We don't go out with it. And as we know, when when you can sort of keep yourself in the heart and feel the exhale moving, it is an experience of what I what I feel like babaji describes as surrender it's an experience of consciously letting something go instead of pushing it out or attaching to it and going out with it
1: so let's just ride that wave just got about five or eight minutes left in class. Just sort of ride the wave. of noticing this
0: downward and inward force of the inhale, apana. And then as you exhale, keeping your awareness in the heart, Letting the breath go, you know where it's going, but you can sort of feel where it, where it turns and you keep your awareness in the heart, but feel its path.
1: You can really feel your awareness pooling in the heart.
0: It's as if there's a, a stream or a, a waterfall with that apana value, that downward force or that downward just trajectory.
1: And then as the exhale
0: occurs, it's, it's sort of easy to, to, to feel in that pool of awareness. It's easy to allow the exhale to go and to keep your awareness in that space where they, where's that turn, that space between the two breaths. And though we didn't talk about it directly yet, bringing the mantra hum to the inhale and sa to the exhale will be a big part of this dharana as we practice with it. And so feel free
1: to incorporate that with your breath.
0: Allow your effort to be less each time you breathe, focusing less on the moving movement of the breath and more on that focal point, that space between them, space of the heart. Radiant one, this experience may dawn between two breaths. After breath comes in, down, just before turning up, out. The beneficence. Thank you all so much for your time and awareness tonight. Namaste. If you don't mind, hang on for just 30 more seconds. Um, We had just a quick uh, couple announcements to make.
4: Hi, everybody, can you hear me? Ah, I'm trying to look at you, but the camera's over here. Um, I just wanted to announce that tomorrow, I know that's not a lot of, advance notice but tomorrow our dance of shakti training starts it's like a creative sequencing it kind of embodies what yogita was talking about just like really feeling the breath feeling the body being present inside Um, and if you don't know what i'm talking about you can come to the first class for free to check it out so that's tomorrow and then a week Saturday, our 200-hour training starts and that's going to run on Saturdays. And you can also come to the first day of that for free to check it out. Um, so email me or Satyam if you're interested in either of a-